0: Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire, but beware, this podcast is haunted. Okay, hello everyone, it's me, just Jen here, Kate's not not here for this episode and clearly we're missing... I feel like I'm missing a leg. Uh but I am not alone. Um I'm joined today. Once again, we brought back uh a great one of my favorite guests, Dr. Jillian Kenny. Uh as you may already know, she's a social historian of the Middle Ages with an interest in society's outsiders, you know, women, uh zombies, what have you. Um <laughs> <and> she studied <laughs> at uh Trinity College and she we you know, it's just it's so lovely to have you here. We had just the most the most delightful discussion last time, and we talked about deviant burials, zombies, revenants, and we just we kept talking for ages, uh, even after we stopped recording. And uh, we got on some interesting subjects that we hadn't recorded, and we were like, "Well, we have to bring you back." So uh, when Kate uh, had to step out for a minute, I thought, "Why not bring back Dr. Jillian Kenny?" So here you are. Welcome. I'm
1: back. Thank you very much. And um, you know. Uh sorry Kate can't, can't be with us uh, mm. and I hope to uh, talk to her again soon yeah so uh, so yeah I was going to talk to you about magical objects what they are what people use them for and you know why why people use them so basically magical objects have been used ever since they were humans and they they really are useful because they show us how um her magical thinking um, allowed people to cope with an often unpredictable world around them which is probably more timely now than it has been in quite
0: some time in recent history. I yes. feel like magic's gonna make a comeback very shortly. <laughs> well, well
1: apparently there were witches trying to enchant the moon and all kinds of weird stuff so oh
0: um
1: yeah to smash into Trump or something. I oh please. Yeah and a, and a side note uh, so there have been attempts i think there were attempts by british wishes british uh, witches in world war Two to enchant the nazis
0: i think <laughs> and... i remember that and that is amazing i love it yeah. so much focus the power against the
1: nazis and then of course we know uh the nazis were very interested in the occult mm. uh so yeah i mean i think people think there are real world applications but certainly in the past they did and magical objects are I mean, th- there's a lot of them. So, you know, they, they range from, from lots of really kind of fantastical stuff, like a so-called unicorn's horn or a human heart encased in lead. People used hangman's nooses. Uh, the hand of glory, which was the hand of a, a hanged man, mm. which they used to do magic with. Uh, there's, there's various other things. Beautiful objects are used, um, engraved rings to bind a lover, for example. Medieval books of magic, like uh, grimoires, which which people used to to, you know, use magical spells and to write down words of power in order to change the world around them to, to think magically and to do what they wanted so i mean it's not it's not by any means unusual it's in every society around the world because people lived in a time where they accepted that there were unseen supernatural forces that they had to contend with so it's basically a system of both protection and appeasement to repel but also to use magical forces for your own good and i mean much like today you know back in the day why do people use it well they used it because they wanted to get love and sex uh, they wanted power over others they wanted to increase their wealth and they wanted to protect themselves and their loved ones so it's basically much the same as they do today you know i mean it's quite quite recent as well i mean nancy reagan was using an astrologer in the white house and stuff <laughs> like that so it's not <laughs> like It's not like it's, oh, back in the dim and distant past. People Mm. still do it today. You know, people talk about self-visualization, about imagining how their life will be like the secret. That's a basic magical technique. Yeah. That you imagine. Yeah, you're, you're calling in the powers of the universe. And you're focusing and that's magic. So we Mm -hmm. still do it today. It's just dressed differently. I
0: think also if you want to really extend, it's kind of the same idea behind prayer and religion, you know, it's just putting, it's belief in a higher power that, that has some kind of control over the universe. And you're putting your faith into that, whether it be like just your thoughts or just through like a talisman or Or an icon or something like that. So yeah, I think everyone does it to a certain degree. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair point. There's a very, very thin line between religion (laughs) and magic. And some people would
1: contend there actually isn't a line between Mm -hmm. some forms of religion and magic. So yeah, I mean it it is something I think which we still which people regularly still do today. I mean, if you touch wood, that's that's a magical thing as well. (laughs) So you're using wood as a magical object to offset bad luck so we still do it in Ireland yeah knocking on wood yeah yeah people do it a lot you knock on wood mm-hmm. I knock on my head which I don't know whether that's I <laughs> think that's an Irish thing I always go knock knock I knock yeah. on my head I touch my head it's like me <laughs> uh you know wooden head but you know there's, there's lots of stuff we still do today but I mean a really popular a really popular pursuit for people in the past in order to change their lives magically was to do uh, love magic Mm-hmm. because uh, you know everybody wants to be loved and there were undoubtedly incels in the past mm-hmm. and instead of going on the internet and splurging venom against women back in the day they would go to a cunning man or woman mm-hmm. and uh, order themselves either a, a maybe a magical object which would uh, bind a person to them so for that they used puppets um, mm. to do that, they would bind people to them using puppets. I mean, it goes back a long time, love magic. I mean, we've got mentions of it back in Egypt, this um, a, a series of uh, sources called the Greek Magical Papyri uh, from Greek or roman Egypt, and that's a big collection
2: mm-hmm.
1: of papyri liftings, li- that lists spells for, for loads and loads of purposes. Uh, that goes from about 2nd century BC to the 5th century AD. And some of the spells involve actually making dolls these puppets, which represent the object of desire, so it's, it's usually amazing—a woman.
0: Oh yeah, who is, of course. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah,
1: who is either unaware of the man's charms or resistant uh, to it. Yeah. There are instructions about how these erotic dolls should be made, because it's a different type of magic than say people might think of in terms of ordinary puppet magic, which you use to punish someone. This is designed to make someone love you, and as we all know from Harry Potter doesn't work love magic yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't uh, magic up the human heart apparently so it's lots of formulae about how to make it uh wh- what words to say over it and exactly where you should put it because of mm. course where you deposit it was also uh, really important so for example uh, uh, sometimes it, it was important to deposit it in the earth why would that be because the earth is connected with fertility So that's another powerful magical step on that. So there's a very famous magical doll called the Louvre doll, which is in the famous museum in Paris. Mm -hmm. That's from the fourth century AD. And it shows a naked uh, female in a kneeling position and it's bound and pierced with 13 needles. I mean, yeah. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Christian Grey. What? (laughs) 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 Nothing new under the sun is there. You can imagine them, you know, yeah having a fiddle with himself while he's looking at his naked yeah. female yeah just i mean no. okay yeah. okay
0: there's the obvious penetration connection but i guess like i wouldn't see like sticking with pins being like i love you
1: yeah it's highly <laughs> ritualized um so it's fashioned from clay uh mm-hmm. the doll was found in egypt um and th- there's a spell that goes with it that's inscribed on a tablet so i actually have it hold on mm-hmm. um and so the woman's name is ptolebaeus and the man who made the spell or commissioned a magician to do it is called sarah Pammon. so uh, the, the the thing about the language that accompanies this is it's really violent it's not what we think of as love magic you, you don't go oh I hope uh, Ptolemaeus Mm -hmm. looks kindly on me and I want her to love me. There's none of that in the ancient world. What he asks the the magician to do, he says, do not allow her to eat, drink, hold out, venture out or find sleep. Oh, my God. Drag her by the hair, by the guts until she no longer scorns me. I mean, it's quite incel, isn't it? They're not too short of calling someone a chad yeah. or whatever the, the language is that they use. These crazy people. So we don't. We go, oh, this is, uh, this is quite horrendous. Mm. And it sounds like this person is a stalker and this is not good. But think about it in the context of the time. It's in an ancient society where male attributes are seen as paramount and, and good. And um, it's a very competitive male society. So they're going to win her. And if you win her, what do you have to do? You have to use the, everything at your disposal. I'm going to win her and I'm going to win her by basically kicking the psychic shit out of her and then she's going to come to me and that's the way I'm going to win this one. Uh. So it's very intense mm-hmm. and it, to us it's, oh, really? But uh, it's pretty standard for the time. In a way, it's, mm. well, if you don't love me, I'm going to punish you a little bit because you need to love me. Yeah, Um, we don't know if it actually worked, (laughs) you know, highly unlikely. (laughs) And I mean, he definitely sounds a bit like nowadays he'd be putting her in the boot of his car. So it's slightly Mm -hmm. worrying boot of his chariot. So uh, we're not entirely sure. Of course, we'll never know. So that's the kind of stuff that that they did. I mean, and interestingly, these kind of things. So you'd probably hire a professional to do a professional magician and they would probably be a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, because women weren't tended to be literate. But women are involved in love magic, I mean, throughout the centuries. I mean, we see plenty of examples. Of it. So in in Athens, uh, in around the 5th century BC, there's a woman put on trial for uh, trying to poison her husband. Mm. Um, And her defense was that she didn't intend to poison him, but she wanted to administer a love potion to invigorate the marriage. Mm. Um, So women are involved in it. And you also get in in the Greek ones as well, you get same sex spells with women, which is Mm. also interesting. Mm. Uh, So these women are trying to uh, bind other women to them. So there's, uh, and again, we think. Oh, it's between women. It's going to be quite nice. It's going to be like well, you know, none of that. No, no. Just gal so, pals. Well, you know, none of that. It's uh, one of them. The spell, which which is uh, was was put down to kind of bind this woman to another one, said, burn, set on fire, inflame her soul, heart, liver, spirit with love for Sophia. Oh my God! Quite as bad as the bloke, but it's quite intense. It is. Um. Yeah, so it's all about, I mean, it's all about getting these women, it's all about the madness of love, invoking the madness of love. And also, people used to write love spells on their on, uh, gems. So you'd, you'd, you'd depict um, uh, love gods on gems. Eros was a popular one, you'd hide it, and then you'd give it to the subject, and then they'd be like, oh, I absolutely love you. I mean, uh, not only because you're giving me a massive emerald. <laughs> <laughs> because magically i i seem to now just love yeah, you so yeah. there's loads and loads of different love spells and charms that we have in the ancient world so i've got another one written down here which i got for you it's um it's from a, a papyrus in antiquity uh, it's one from the british library actually and it says take a shell from the sea and draw on it with mere ink the figure of a demon given below this is from the third century CE. And in a circle, write his names and throw it into the heating of a hot bath. But when you throw it, keep reciting these words, quote, attract to me, XY, whom XY bore on this very day from this very hour with a soul and a heart to flame quickly, quickly, immediately, immediately. And then they show the picture of the demon that you use. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like the nicest one. So. Well, it's all right, isn't it? But I, I don't, you know, using demons. Yeah. Tends to backfire. We know this, yeah. um so people use demons quite a lot uh, in in early Christian, especially and the medieval um, kind of magical world. They were always summoning demons. It was like a habit. Hmm. Demons must have been sick and tired of it. They were constantly getting summoned by generally priests to do their malevolent bidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really what like, you would expect. Just, to... just I've had five minutes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean how i've got my feet up and then it's like well, mate i don't want i don't want to do another love spell leave me alone yeah. and because you do the ritual and the magical circle and all that there's demons have to come and there's there's uh handbooks on demons that people used and you have their names and what they look like i mean it's an actually mm-hmm. fascinating subject but people used it in love magic as well a medi- medieval italian one is quite simple uh write these names on an apple using a a stylus or a new needle so that the writing cannot be seen then Mm. give it to eat to the person you love so they're magical names that they were put on it makes them the apple then a magical object Mm. which creates this thing so loads and loads uh, of ways and means of influencing people who you want to love you and love potions really popular what did they use in them Hmm, things like powdered bone human bone pubic hair menstrual blood very yeah, popular nice. <laughs> oh yeah so you would put a bit of menstrual blood uh-huh. <laughs> nice blood into your husband's drink if you're a bit you know is, does he still love me uh-huh. um a little additional spice there and then he'd be actually i really fancy the arse of you my wife of 20 years and that would be that um <laughs> one one spell required both the bone marrow and spleen of a murdered boy not recommended whoa um, <laughs> yeah astonishing um so uh, in in another an actual inquisition trial in 1320 uh this woman was hauled towards the inquisition she was one of the cathars um and in in her possession was a piece of linen soaked with the first menstrual blood of her daughter to be drunk by the daughter's eventual husband to seal this affection i know yeah yeah hold on to that for a while um yeah. another thing they liked to use was consecrated host that was really popular but quite difficult to get your hands on so what people used to do was to keep it under their tongue <laughs> after they get it in church oh, and like yeah. carry it out and just not speak to anyone or said yeah. like you were okay speak at the moment um honey was a really popular ingredient which is fine Honey's great yeah, um, and sweetens all that other crap. That. <laughs> I can take honey. Yeah. I could drink a love filter with honey. Mm-hmm. Another one, though, less attractive slightly is uh, worms. Mm. Yeah, um, they like to powder worms and mix it in. Uh, with periwinkle, uh, and it apparently ensured love between a couple. I mean, who knows why? Maybe because they were of the earth mm-hmm. and it ensured fertility. I mean, it, yeah. it's hard to understand, you know, but that's a possibility. Um, also, animal animal stuff, animal products. So, uh, I have new wing of bat type thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, sparrow heads are in one, um, deer heart, the droppings of a stork. Fat of a snake. Nice. The brain of a sparrow. Good luck with finding that. Jeez, yeah. Testicles of an ass. Bones from the left side of a toad, which has been devoured by ants. What? Mm. That's very specific. specific. (laughs) Blood and heart of a pigeon. And Mm -hmm. uh, in Bavaria, there was one where you added a little bit of bat blood. To beer maybe that's where the vampire <laughs> vampire ideas come from yeah. very specific and these things would also be carried out at a certain time you know they're highly ritualistic so you, you would you would harvest these things at a certain time of the year at a certain hour of the day. It's like people also used to use mandrake and stuff like that, but everyone was afraid of mandrake because they think if you pulled it from the earth, it would like kill you because it was mm-hmm. basically shaped like a human so they tied it to the tail of a dog. Mm. And get the dog to pull it out and you could only pick mandrake at certain hours so there's loads of little conditions around it and and it's probably i mean it's hard to know now the highly ritual magic the stuff where you summon demons is a, is a male pursuit mm. because it's it's a pursuit of the literate of mainly clerics um, a lot of a lot of Catholic Church activity in this, but this kind of basic love magic, where you're making weird potions and handing them out, that's probably much lower down, cunning men and women. Mm. Um, and let's be honest, it's probably women who is more dependent on keeping the good favor of someone. It's a woman, isn't mm-hmm. it? She yeah. needs to keep the good favor of her husband. How's she going to do it? Well, she's going to she's going to soak her 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 linen menstrual blood in his beer because she thinks that will magically keep him tied to her so you know maybe that's why so many men (laughs) died younger who knows (laughs) maybe they were killed by weird stuff like half of a toad in their food yeah you gotta wonder what that worm. yeah yeah powdered worm dear that's a powdered worm and you delicious oh,
2: God. so yeah there's
1: loads of stuff and that's it's because people want love and they want sex and they can't get it so they're gonna try anything yeah. and these are the kind of things that they did so there's a that kind of magic which is kind of proactive mm-hmm. you know it's it's a magic much mag, using magical objects to get stuff and then there's quite a lot of magical objects which are defensive mm-hmm. um, because as i mentioned people think that they live in a universe which is not only out of their control, but in which they have to navigate between supernatural entities. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be armed against that. And it's not just like demons and angels. It's also things like witches. So Mm -hmm. they have to be able to... Block negative energy as well. so there's a lot of that that goes on as well. So I mean there's, there's stuff like there's a whole subgenre of stuff like talismans and amulets and charms. They often all get mixed up together. So an amulet is carried on the body, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it protects. So the classic example is um, it protects but by magical means. so, so the, the classic example is you'd wear maybe a, a, a lump of meteorite as an amulet, a, an amulet against gunfire. Mm-hmm. but you that's not you that, that's magic you'd actually wear a bulletproof vest to protect <laughs> against gold pr- gunfire but that's right. not a magical object yeah the magical object imbues you with a supernatural kind of um you know defense mechanism against stuff like that so a, a talisman is something thought to be imbued with a magical property um so they often have stuff written on them these objects small you know words or pieces of text and In the Islamic tradition, it's thought that, um, you know, if you have uh, an amulet with Quranic inscriptions on, they're very powerful.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Or the names of prophets on them, um, that 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 will wear, especially anything with the name of God on it, that will protect you from anything. A lot of them have numbers as well, which have ritual purpose. So they might be carried in a pocket, um, or placed in a special case, and you wear it upon you. Some talismans or clothing as well. There's lots of different ways of doing it. Mm. And interestingly, in um, in Islamic belief, um, anything with Solomon on it is really, really powerful. Um, he's seen as a very powerful um, mm. prophet. Um, yeah, really interesting. So he can talk to animals and supernatural beings. And was of course incredibly wise so they also like talismans draw down the power of planets Mm -hmm. um as well that's what was believed um and they also can incorporate power into things like seals and special rings and they're all seen as, as as very powerful they can basically make a human quite powerful and dissolve that boundary between the human and the spirit world, so they can give you an otherworldly power. So it leaks into popular culture because you have like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you see it. and and there's like the magical cloak and you know the, the objects that they have. So they're they're the kind of stuff they're talking about. And yeah. what people were really concerned about, um, the reason they wore these kind of things and they carried it around to charms and talismans and amulets, is because they were petrified of the evil eye. Mm. so the evil eye is, and I mean, this is going to sound bonkers. I know this, but I, I, I grew up in Ireland, and my mother believed in the evil eye. Oh, really? Because, yeah, we had a neighbour, okay, who lived opposite us, and my mother was convinced that stuff kept falling at the front of the house because of the, yeah, because of the neighbour <laughs> giving the evil eye, and she Whoa. put a mirror up, a small Whoa. mirror, to defle- deflect it back to them isn't that mad and she That's... was not a particularly a rational person but she was like this has got to stop and it was like what or <laughs> did it <laughs> uh well i mean i don't know i was i was quite young but she reckoned it worked yeah i mean yeah so uh, yeah so i All mean right.
0: who's to say it's still
1: happening isn't it i mean it does still happen today though people still, yeah. still do believe in certain cultures about evil eye but it's been it's been recorded everywhere it's the glare of envy it's someone wishing you ill mm. just through looking at you so the romans used to wear phallic talismans to you know the romans are always running around <laughs> carrying cocks i mean that's basically what dicks out everywhere dicks out dicks everywhere they're on your house yeah. you're carrying around a dick it's <laughs> gonna say a dick in your hand but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> A talisman uh, dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not your dick. Well, yeah, I yeah. hope it wouldn't be your dick. Not always. I mean, even though it's Rome. <laughs> you never know. Depends. Depends on the time of day. Depends which district of Rome you're in. <laughs> <laughs> My dick can ward off the evil eye. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I believe you. I don't need to see it. It's fine. Yeah. Mm. But they put it everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> Romans put the dicks everywhere to, to ward off the evil eye. But I mean, um, so I don't know whether you've heard of Sheila and Gigs. Hmm. Sheila Giggs, these, these sculptures, which you find on uh, quite a lot of British and Irish um, medieval, well, not houses, but buildings. So basically, how do I describe this for a podcast audience? Mm. Well, first of all, audience, look up Sheila Giggs when you get a chance, but not on your work computer. <laughs> and that's Sheila with S-H-E-E-L-A and then N-A. And then gig G I G separate words. Mm-hmm. So basically they are fairly grotesque sculptures of old women who look like they are rotting. So they can usually see they've got grins and it's mm-hmm. uh they're old and you can see their ribs and you know, flat hanging down boobs and stuff. But they are pulling apart their vulvas in quite a quite a quite a body way oh. really and fully exposing themselves mm-hmm. and the idea is one theory is that they are repelling the evil eye because the force of the vulva mm. of these hags is enough to send back the evil eye okay. which is and you know I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to entering my hag phase. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, because imagine the power. Right. Well, you don't need to complain to a manager. Just unleash the power of your vulva, Karen. Just... And the world can be yours. <laughs> yeah. Just let rip in the middle of Walmart if something pisses you off. Imagine. Imagine. <gasps> oh, God. So there are lots of places, uh, especially, especially in Ireland. They're all over the place. Uh, and they could be on churches and stuff, so it's always a bit odd. Um, but that's, that's one theory of, of you know, that's one idea of what it is. It is a repellent magical object. Turn back the maleficent glance of the evil eye. <laughs> um, and there's all kinds of other stuff as well, I mm-hmm. mean, about the evil eye. So there's, there's an idea. It's really, really big in, in, like, Irish medieval magic. People really, really believed in the evil eye. And we're really frightened of it. And um, <laughs> unsurprisingly, of course, men were really afraid that people would make them impotent through the evil eye. Mm. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to that. <laughs> it always comes back to the penis. Yeah. So much of history is because of really shit decisions by men who are focused on their penis. Yeah. That's it. That's mm-hmm. the patriarchy. It is. I might write a book and call it Shit decisions because of the penis. and we you bring it up today? Absolutely should. Can we bring it up today? Yes. Can we have it up till now? Yes. Can we look around us and go, "Oh look, another shit decision." Oh look, 2020, based on where your penis took you. Yeah. Look at that. We haven't really learned a thing, have we? And when I say we, I mean all of you with penises,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we're just using our vulva to repel yes. malevolence. Yes. You're just be- you're just pointing it at us with all the evils that's basically it isn't it that's it that's that's the gender wars that's what we've had to put up a hundred thousand mm. bloody years anyway so uh yeah so obviously they're afraid because everything's mm-hmm. going to the cock doesn't it mm-hmm. and um they there's a there's a section in irish law which refers to what's called the supernatural attack of the bed and in it people men are basically afraid that their, their potency is taken away by someone putting an object in the bed. But they don't mm. know what it is. They don't know where in the bed it is. But they know it's stopping them getting it. Right, which is handy. These invisible objects that yeah. stop them performing. It's definitely
0: not your fault. <laughs> it's
1: not your fault. Of course it's not your fault. Yeah. It's obviously the fault of the woman who's in the kitchen scheming. Yes. Of course she is. There's a whole section in the law about it. and An absolute actual like panic about who's doing this is it the wife and because of course if the husband was impotent she could get a divorce so there's a lot in it for her if mm-hmm. she can prove actually he cannot get it up people are like right have a divorce yeah take your stuff because you're an irish woman you can take your stuff and leave bye yeah great i'll take what's mine it's gorgeous let's take it let's bring it back you can sit there with your flaccid penis forever <laughs> yeah. and by the way i didn't put anything in the bed that's all yours mate i'm just gonna <laughs> leave that there for you so So another (laughs) magical object, which has been blamed on women, you know, I imagine there's probably more going on in early medieval woman's life, as in running a farm, looking after kids doing everything else can't imagine be too much time to plot and scheme their way to an eventual drawn-out divorce through doing that but you know whatever (laughs) it's in the irish law codes so there's there's that kind of stuff as well which is like uh you know uh uh, uh, using an object to break love in in a sense it's a malevolent use of an object and of course you'd you'd use stuff to stop it if you could if you think i actually have that you'd go to it professional and go i think someone's Put an invisible object in my bed, or they put something in and I can't find it. And they go, do this, and then they give you a counter spell or a mm-hmm. counter object that would do it. Yeah. So you see this? Yeah. So there's, there's loads. I mean, it's it's a basic industry mm-hmm. in the past. All of this. Yeah. And this, of course, is all within Christianity. You know, people often assume it's like, a oh, pagan past. No, it isn't. You know, it's all it's all Christian. Mm-hmm. It's all within within the Christian past. But people did still use magic and fiercely believed in magic
0: yeah do you think that has a lot to do with um kind of how christianity took over in uh ireland and, and england where it kind of like a lot of the christians came in and they're like hey you can kind of keep doing your pagan stuff but it's also gonna we're just gonna put stamp a christian label on it yeah i think
1: yeah um yeah i mean our especially it was like a bloodless revolution yeah i mean there's very little attested to it what's interesting in in the irish uh, tradition is that you get in after christianity is introduced the number of words relating to magic exponentially increases in the irish language wow
0: that's incredible yeah
1: so there's a massive burst and that's in the early post-christian era so mm-hmm. i mean what is that telling us it could be that magical habits were brought in by christians
0: yeah i guess that's that's kind of the opposite of what i was saying is that they weren't doing it before in the christians just... well they, they were doing it uh-huh. they were okay. we know they were because um
1: anything we know about pre-christian i mean it's, ver- it's very very hazy anything we know about that kind of i i hesitate to say the word celtic but anything that's written on mm-hmm. on on that is 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 a lot of it's from the roman side very okay. early on and you can't always believe what you, you read, but we do know that there's, they, they certainly did seem to have a nature-based religion mm-hmm. they certainly did seem to um, have a learned class, especially in Ireland, and the poets were seemed to be magical, so there's certainly some kind of tradition of using words of of using words of power, which is an essential part of any kind of magical practice and we know we know of a, a spell that was done by well say druids it's in it's in the it's in the ancient records it said it's done between a by a poet um and it's about using puppets mm. um and basically a druid so it said and his um students because they always had students went to the top of a hill and took out a puppet and kind of stuck pins in it and and chanted uh, basically they wanted death to this bloke called Caire. So we have a we have a written description of that, which seems to be about certainly ritual magic. Certainly, they are using puppets, so that's a part of it. And they they used to do stuff like cloud divination and things like mm. that. But certainly, things like um, scrying and stuff like, like that may have gone up a lot. They may have brought in new kind of um, new new magical thinking that was different to what was there before. But we know so little about it. Mm-hmm really difficult to tell there's really very 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 little that we know about the interesting thing about the irish stuff is so um irish magic is really big on charms Mm. people like charms um and there's a there's a series of charms which is written in a manuscript um it's from a monastery in switzerland called the Gall manuscripts and they're apparently from the ninth century there's a series of four charms, and they're about different different things. I'll, uh, I'll read I'll read one of them out to you now. But they they there are a weird mix of uh, as you were saying there, they are a weird mix of of Christianity as all these charms are, but also particular references to the Irish gods or some of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're still used. So the charms the charms in themselves are magic objects. They're written down, um, and some of them it seems that that you needed to write down the charms and carry them with you for it to work, to have it on your person to protect you. Mm if if you got say one of them concerns being um hurt by a thorn you'd imagine quite a big one yeah so of course then of course back then if you had anything that broke the skin there's always the risk of infection and Mm -hmm. sepsis so it's quite a big deal if, if anything did break the skin so the charm the single charm says one of them says nothing is higher than heaven nothing is deeper than the sea by the holy words that christ spoke from his cross remove from me the thorn a thorn which wounds i strike a blow on it which makes it spring out which makes it spring forward which drives it out very harsh gubnu's wisdom the point of gubnu before the point of gubnu let it step out of him and then it says this charm is put in butter which does not go into water and from it is smeared all around the thorn, and it does not go on the point of the wound. And if the thorn be not there, one of the two teeth in front of his head will fall out. Gubnu was the uh, smith of the Tuatha Dé Danann, who were like the medieval Irish pantheon or the uh, early Irish pantheon of gods. Mm-hmm. Smiths, interesting that he used, they used a smith, because smith is, a, is seen as magical, because forges mm. were liminal areas between mm-hmm. this. And the next because the act of making was in a forge mm. you took and you changed it through what seemed to be a magical process yeah myths were seen as very very powerful figures so that's so what you would do with that charm was basically you'd, you'd write it down on something and you might bind it to yourself you might bind it to the wound as well as that as mm-hmm. well as recite that mm-hmm. you know and that you you do that to try and cure yourself so they've also got one which is good on headaches some really practical stuff mm-hmm. uh, this involves giving someone a massage which is quite nice actually yeah, that feels good <laughs> you, know, you know i've got a headache have a massage so you make the sign of the cross on the top of the person's head five times charm says this is sung every day about your he- thy head against headache after singing it that you put your spittle into your palm and you put it around your two temples and and on your head mm-hmm. on top of your head and there you sing the paternoster mm-hmm. uh, Times, and then you put a cross of spit on your crown of your head, and then you make a sign, a U sign, on your head, and that's how you cure a headache in the period before paracetamols or ibuprofen. Yeah, that you would cure a headache. So, so these kind of magical objects, there's loads of them, are ways of helping people, basically for medical stuff or stuff, and women would be walking repositories of this stuff because this is part of household chores in a way that you would know about these kind of things that you need to do, like make poultices and stuff and the kind of words you would say or the kind of charms or prayers you would say in order to facilitate it. It, it, It's like the the magical words push the healing forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they're quite... But, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the magical words they say are like a collection of nonsense so they'll have you know some of them have been analyzed and they've got like some ancient egyptian words in a bit of greek uh you know smattering of of words from whatever culture is there maybe some hebrew so it's all a weird mishmash of kind of nonsense but i suppose the power comes from the belief Mm -hmm. if it's gonna work then the magic should work so that's that's kind of what people did and they used these objects along with a whole repertoire of magical tricks to try and heal themselves or, you know, defend or invoke certain feelings in other people. There's a vast array of stuff you could use to do it. So if anyone wants to use any, let me know. <laughs> I'll send you the links. Yeah, I mean that- I really- wouldn't advise it.
0: No. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that sounds like the kind of kitchen witch, like healer kind of vibe using all the different, like domestic- lady ingredients to like kind of heal things and ward off things so yeah that that... I think that's true um
1: I think because we have examples of where we know women women kept uh cabinets of medicinal stuff herbs and whatnot um and we know that there were certain formulas and rituals said to try and heal members of the family along with you know putting together potions and uh, women were at the front line of that mm-hmm. because um, we also know women knew, particularly in aristocratic households, mm-hmm. they knew medicine. And they had a certain knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, seen in the collections of, of kind of libraries of great women, especially in, in England, there'll be books of physic. So there'll be how to stitch someone up mm. and, and that because he's coming back with it. And then there'd also be most likely general knowledge which has been passed down on which herbs heal and what to say Mm say it's a prayer but who's it really to because they're saying these prayers and they're doing these rituals and they're like appealing to sometimes like egyptian gods are mentioned in it and wow there's all kinds of stuff being thrown in there with some of these old prayers and and rituals some of these magical incantations so you know ostensibly it'd be oh mary mother of god please you know help x but then as you go through it and as they talk about these it's throwbacks to all kinds of stuff which is which has come in and has settled in what is really i suppose medieval european culture Hmm. so whole mishmash of stuff and i mean whether you believe in it uh or not you know the fact is is that people were doing it at a time when perhaps the catholic church wasn't being particularly keen on anything that was not Mm, you know heterodoxy and anything that was particularly out there but i mean there's loads of mad stuff when you look into it like people use crystal balls it's like really yeah these crystals for thousands of years there's loads of them i mean plenty the elder talked about the druids using them mm. using people, uh, and shining it up so they could look into it and then it's not just about seeing the future so it was supposed to be you were able to see people's past and present as well and then the, the, the Druids were supposed to have done uh, scrying, so again, if, if anyone's seen Harry Potter, he, he looks into the bowls, or read Jonathan Strange and Mr Norrell, they, he does the same. Mm. Jonathan Strange will look into a bowl of water, and he'll be able to see things. So you could do it using uh, water, you could use it doing blood, Um, you could use it on mirrors, you could also do it apparently on an oiled fingernail, but I mean, Ooh. fairly good eyesight. Yeah. Or someone with a really large hand. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's soothsaying, so it's telling the future. Saint Augustine said this is a terrible thing to do. Said that demons were showing people the wrong things. So it was one of the fathers of the church where people, you know, ignored it. Um, interestingly, weirdly, there's a series of Anglo-Saxon uh, burials in Kent, and they found crystal spheres in the burials as that uh, looked like jewels. Wow. Um, yeah, and and they hung down, so they were found between they're in the graves of several wealthy women and a few men and they were found between their knees these crystal um crystal spheres they're not massive so they were probably worn on a very long chain Mm -hmm. they were very wealthy people but i mean why why they going around with crystal balls the anglo-saxons is it because women women certain women had access to them and could use them in some kind of you know prognostications or rituals or some of the men as well so so, why? Why have the Anglo Saxons well, that that's there in Kent? So it means it was elsewhere too, and people were using them. Um, I don't know whether anyone, whether you've heard of uh, John Dee, who mm-hmm. was the nice uh, to Elizabeth II. So John Dee, <laughs> uh, a magician, oh, and an astrologer, a very famous, very interesting person. And Elizabeth I was a big fan, very interested in the occult. Um, but no particular look as a medium and he met, well, he met a man called Edward Kelly, who was basically a con artist. Mm. Him and Kelly began to conduct uh, scrying sessions during which they would communicate with angels and sometimes devils through a, an obsidian uh, ball. John D wrote notes on them, jo- um, and because he, he thought that talking to angels was a direct line to God, so this would lead him eventually to create an Enochian language uh, which is an angelic language that he came up with so <laughs> Ellie one day said that while he was scrying a message came through that the two men, him and John D had to share everything including their wives oh <laughs> uh, so yeah it's
0: like yeah totally, he uh, totally said that mm-hmm. amazing,
1: that's really angelic and yeah. um, so shortly after that, they, they they sort of stopped hanging around together. But it, it may be, it may be that there's a that a swap actually did occur because there's a diary entry that seems to indicate it. So yeah, so crystal balls are doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they imagine imagine having the audacity to go. Well, actually, an angel came through. I mean that's a hell of a line. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah Actually, well we have to do it John well an angel told me to so Gabriel told me to do it I'm not gonna say no to him do you know <laughs> what I mean oh right yeah half my wife oh <laughs> so I mean that's what you're dealing with Edward Kelly was uh, well I, I urge anyone to to look them up because it is astonishing wow. the kind of going on and mm-hmm. um, in court. Uh, at that time in Europe, with with uh, the rise in in the interest in magic um, and alchemy, it's really fascinating time. And John Dee is an amazing uh, character to look at. So yeah, the, so, so so stuff like that, crystal balls, people had magic wands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's not people have always used magic wands. I mean, Homer talks about them. Let hmm. the, in the Odyssey. Um, so he calls it a rod. He said Hermes used one, Athena used one. There's a, a reference to wands in a 13th century uh, work. Um, it's called, what's it called? The Oathbound Book of Honorius. And it mentions two types of magical sticks, the wand and the staff, and the wand is smaller and thinner. I mean, I don't know if JK Rowling actually just raged all this for Harry Potter. I have a feeling she did. So you have to yeah. make a wand from hazelwood or another nut tree. Um, and there's all these kind of weird things. So you have to, the branch must be virgin wood. And it has to be cut from the tree using a single stroke and that this must occur at sunrise and on a Wednesday. Oh, a Wednesday. Yeah, only them with the wand be powerful.
0: <laughs> you know, you're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, there's so many rules. Yeah. And it's all couched around. Well, why are there all these rules there? Well, you know, it's 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 for literate people. W- what do you what do? literate elites tend to do they tend to to shroud stuff in in mystery Mm -hmm. and make a lot of rules a lot of rules and that means you have to be of a certain type to do it so it keeps it safe gatekeeping yeah it is gatekeeping Mm -hmm. yeah you know i mean if anyone did do that fair play to them i'm sure they did quite a lot of people in the middle ages took magic incredibly seriously i've mentioned the amount of uh, clerics, like uh, people in lower priestly orders and higher ones, who did it. I mean, certainly the papal court in the early 14th century was a wash with uh, making a wash with necromancy. Uh, people are always like, "What, really?" And it's like, "Yes." I mean, the pope was in fear for his life. The pope was supposed to be a, a necromancer as well, or certainly a magician um at the time. And there's just all this stuff that was based at Avignon. Uh-huh there's all this stuff about, you know, just people messing about with magic people. Yeah. People, getting involved, people summoning demons, I say people, men, uh, the clergy, summoning demons and getting them to do their will. So there's loads of stuff in uh, grimoires about, you know, summoning them and what to do, about drawing the magic, magic circle and about, you know, using all the separate protections and then you, you summon the demon in. And, the, and they also talk about what's interesting, um, is, is how the demon appears, and it's got, they've got pictures of them. I mean, some of them are really weird. So some of them are like a giant spider with a man's head. It's like the stuff of, yeah, it's really weird stuff, really odd. you think people were, like, licking toadstools or something before mm. they wrote these, but very, very odd, highly fantastical depictions um, of, of what people did, and it was it was very much believed in that this would work by the higher magicians by the people who did ritual magic which is very different to kind of your mom mm-hmm. putting a charm in uh, in your pocket to guard you against you know an upset stomach or if you go into war putting an amulet in yeah with a prayer saying please protect from swords mm-hmm. so that's different type of magic you know there was all that kind of stuff going on though all the time
0: yeah i suppose if you're you know a high member of the clergy and you're told like oh god speaks through you and you can perform miracles and that's where all the saints come from i suppose you might have more of a illustrious or like you know high view of your own power when in regards to the supernatural world I I wouldn't expect that to turn into summoning demons and <laughs> that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, they summon demons. Demons are a really part of it um of magic, mm-hmm. uh, a, a kind of high ritual magic in the Middle Ages, especially. It's a it's an interesting development. It's like they so of course, of course, officially the church says don't have a truck with demons. Don't, mm-hmm. don't demons. You can't trust them and all the rest. But in a way, it's it's that attitude you're talking about. They were bending demons to their will uh so they were making them work for them but right. you have to give them something in return mm. you have to be really careful and they do talk about that they do say be careful what you you promise them and uh, be careful what you set up as your uh, as your kind of uh you know in, in your your deal that you make with them i mean there's a very famous um a uh, grimoire called the, Mun- uh, the munich Manual hmm. now. Uh, which was uh, written in the 15th century. A man called Richard Kee Kaffer has made a partial um, uh, translation of it. And it's really, really um, interesting. I mean, they talk about, it gives you instructions on how to make a magic circle and summon a demon. It gives you instructions on how to command the spirit and keep them bent to your will. And then it gives you instructions on how to send them back to hell once you're finished with them. I mean, it's like something out of Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's mo- it's mad, isn't it? mm mm-hmm. I swear, I watch all these things on TV and I'm like, hmm,
0: actually, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, it's that demon. Oh, right. yes,
0: I know. I'm familiar. Summon him.
1: Oh, I wouldn't summon him. <laughs> and, then, and then they talk about wax images, uh, you know, which, which they can make of people that they're going to afflict. They talk about making magical rings, magical swords, and all kinds of other items. You have to make a sacrifice to evil spirits. You have to burn certain herbs. It's really, really, really complicated. Mm. It's, it's they could do things like though. You could use you could use your magic in this in this sense um to, to get rid of storms. It could be used for good. So it's not it's not always about you know personal power. It's not always about bad stuff. Mm-hmm. It would what would they do is they want to use. Negative things for good. That's the idea of it. You yeah. didn't always work like that though, because as usual, right back to the start, people use this stuff for sex, money, power, the usual. Yeah. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. And in that as well, they list demons. It's all these books where they list the names of demons. So, apart from Lucifer and stuff, there's all the really weird names, them and loads of weird, weird demon names mm-hmm. that you list out when you call them you know so uh you know and we we see that in popular culture today you do get into the exorcist and it's like what's your name Mm -hmm. And but why don't they want to say they don't say because they don't want you to know it because if you know their name you have power right or coming back from that and then you can use them to do stuff you can basically use a demon as a magical object because you're using it to get your will yeah oh yeah so this it's a you know it's a quite a refined and yeah incredibly popular. Back in the day, yeah, and probably still is. I mean, I know you know people do all this kind of stuff. They're like and it's not satanic. I think people nowadays think, hmm, you know, I'll mm-hmm. do you know five pointed star. It's not. It's not that at all. It's 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 deep within an understanding of a cosmos where where God is the leader. You know, you you still you're still in line with what God wants. Right. What you do, you're using the less salubrious aspects of his creation in order to make his creation better or to better it mm-hmm. for you and around you. So that's that's the kind of thinking. It didn't always work like that. Quite a lot of the time they used to try and kill each other more than <laughs> any sticking pins in, in, in effigies of the Pope and whatnot. Right. The idea the idea of this kind of magic is quite high and that kind of use of magical objects there is is quite refined. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: I think that's very uh, typical human to be like, here's this all powerful, you know, thing, the source of power that you could use to, you know, alter reality or or get things or change things. And what are you going to use it for? Sex. You know, (laughs) that's what the internet does. (laughs) It's cat
1: pictures, isn't it? It's cat videos. We have the biggest repository of human knowledge ever on a tiny phone. And all we do is look at cat videos. Yeah that's what of course we we are no different no. than them if we were given access to grimoires and told well if you do this you can gain xyz i guarantee you people would do it to like get a smaller nose yeah or you know a fatter arse or mm-hmm. something diet pills
0: and all the yeah. spells oh,
1: so. can i can i lose 10 pounds yeah. by doing now i think that would be it wouldn't it mm-hmm. we are endlessly disappointing yeah <laughs> right throughout time you can be endlessly disappointed by each other
2: amazing
1: yeah there's loads of other stuff people uh, t- uh, used as objects i don't know whether you i mean you, you will have heard of course of witch bottles because you got them in america mm-hmm. yeah yeah so witch bottles so which would be deposited within a house so if you think your house is under attack by a witch uh, you could deposit a witch bottle to to make her go away or kill her um and basically in the witch bottle you, that would be done by another witch Who's helping you, or a folk healer, funny man, um, and they'd put in urine, sometimes hair, nail clippings, um, thread, uh, all in the witch bottle, and needles and pins, uh, seal it up, sometimes uh, wine, they seal it up and bury it under the property. And the idea was it would, it would, when the witch was trying to get into your house, it would be attracted to that because witches were attracted to urine. <laughs> weird (laughs) and then it was yeah it would um it would enter into the bottle Mm. and then uh, because like the witch was this invisible kind of non-corporeal thing enter in and then when it got into the bottle the witch she'd get really confused because there'd be loads of stuff in there and she'd get confused and like in a maze and that would catch that like psychic part of her Mm -hmm. put on a fire and kill her and interestingly, they found a witch bottle. I can't remember when it was. It was several years ago, and they 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 had it on TV. And they opened it, and the bloke was like, "I'm going to taste it." What? Why? He did. I swear. He... Screaming. At the TV going. Don't taste it. No. standing around, going. <coughs> excuse me. They're standing around going. Oh, it's probably got a uh, wine in it. No, that's not wine. So he tasted it. He did. Yeah. And then he went off to a lab to be analysed afterwards. Why?
0: And it was full of urine. Yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. even if Drunk it like four hundred year old piss. Even if it was wine, it would have certainly gone bad by then. Why would you want to drink it? Why would you put stuff into
1: you that's been in a bottle for like four hundred years? Absolutely not. What's really wrong with you? Mm-mm. So, yeah, they have that. You have them. You've got loads of them in England. Um, I know you've got them in America. You get some in Ireland, but not too many because they were taken over by the kind of uh, settlers in the 17th century. So, there's not that many really. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, things like, as well, like other magical objects around the home, horseshoes above the door.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Still do that now. They're like, ha ha, for luck. Wow. Back in the day, that was actually really, really important. Really? Yeah, but horseshoes were like, a very powerful magical objects. They're made of iron, which witches hate. Fairies mm-hmm. hate. So they're really important in Ireland and you often still see them in Ireland above, um, you know, fa- uh, animal, any, anything housing animals. Mm-hmm. And you can all, always see in Ireland as well. Red cloth up there as well. You can still find it mm-hmm. because the fairies hate that colour. So people were afraid fairies would attack their animals and kept them out with, with their iron. And the color red so yeah people are now like oh good luck so it is good luck but it's actually a massively because if you come across a fairy or a witch Mm. with a horseshoe and it can't go wrong and then so they used to do as well you know there's lots of stuff around the house and around folk magic around protecting so sometimes they would put lots of protective symbols around a house these protective magical symbols which you'll still sometimes see in some houses um, and they'll put them around hearts and windows. They've been known; people have been known to put pierced animal hearts in fireplaces because that's the beating heart of the home. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's to protect that as well. Uh, sure. Poor old- so basically, what you have with this kind of magic, where it's this protective magic around the home, like it looks like a cosmic battle between housewives and witches. <laughs> it's like it's like women against each other mm. fighting uh that's basically what it is. The idea is that the housewife, part of the housewife's duties was to protect the house on a psychic level. So they would have to make sure that all the all the protections, I mean it sounds mad, doesn't it? But all the protections that you'd have around your house, um, like in Ireland, say you might have a St. Bridget's Cross, you'd have iron up, you'd have a red color, would would be there mm-hmm. just to brush your floor or make sure your children were fed. And you'd also be helped out by professional sorcerers, so cunning folk who would come visit and advise you and do that. And there's all kinds of other weird stuff. So people would often keep uh, coral in the house as Mm. well, uh, because they thought that broke all evil spells. And if you ever look at Renaissance paintings, you often see um, children with coral. Mm, Yeah. protecting them as well. It wards (laughs) off um, evil magic. And they put stuff on them as well, like um, St. John's wort, uh, which is another plant that's supposed to ward off magic. So there's, there's all these all these little, you know, and, and what people often did as well was, um, I don't know whether you were aware as well, they will often bury items of clothing.
0: No, I hadn't heard of that.
1: Yeah, so they'll bury items of clothing. So you have what are called spiritual middens. Around the 16th century, houses in, in, in Northwestern Europe in particular, in Ireland and England, began to be... Um, begin to be much better built you have extra floors on your proper chimneys and they tend to hide them um basically behind the chimney hmm. and under the floors and they're usually like single shoes um oh. like shoes okay yeah they're protective magical objects now they are, of course the idea is well why why are you hiding a shoe
2: mm-hmm. so
1: one idea that's been put forward is it contains the if it's like a child's shoe it's a pure thing contains the essence of purity,
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: the protective charm. Um, you also get as well, you, you, I've seen it in uh, the Irish um, tradition as well, is buried quernstones, which is interesting. So why would you get rid of a stone? This happens a lot in the early medieval period, say 1500 or so years ago. So, so a quernstone is actually a valuable thing. Uh, it's a woman's tool, but of course it's used for grinding, massively heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's usually... Um, passed down from generation to generation. So in a few instances, they've been found buried under what looks like a house that's been uh, demolished. And the idea is is that the cornstone is left there when the place is vacated. Um, it's like a, a way of s- sort of putting an end to the person's time there and the place will have no hold on them ever again.
2: Mm.
1: It's a weird thing. And Also, um, in the Irish tradition, you get people burying cats underfloor boards as well. Aww. And yeah, yeah. And uh horses' heads. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so um cats and horses were supposed to be able to see into the other world. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that more easily than other ones. I can believe it of cats. I have Oh my god. Seems <laughs> to spend half his time looking at ghosts. Same. My cat They're does too. Like, do. looking at? What's there? What are you doing?
0: <laughs> are all right Why are you be looking at
1: Why are your eyes moving? What's there? <laughs> yes. And is that isn't that that film is it constantine that film with keanu reeves have you seen that and he has to hold a cat to go into hell no i haven't seen it but that's yeah that makes sense so you put your yeah. you put your feet in water yeah and you cats, and the cat gets you into hell like it has pass
0: <laughs> i would also believe that as a, as a cat owner. Cats just go in and out of hell like they go in and out of our houses they're just like
1: yeah whatever <laughs> yeah they're like oh another ghost what are you looking at Mhm. They were they were they were seen to be kind of magical creatures, um, and in Ireland years ago, the Irish tradition was when you left a house, you left your cat. That oh. the cat
0: with the house. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, you didn't bring your cat with you. That's you sad. Left... Yeah, I know. And then then the next family who came in, that's that's the it's the the cat belonged to the house.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, the cat was a was like a. I mean, I suppose it's testament to the independence of cats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But say this. And I mean, uh, you know, my cat just, you know, we're like, oh, it's such an independent, tiny creature. And he's like, if I don't feed him on the clock, mm-hmm. he's packets of disgusting smush. He goes to pieces. So I don't really understand where that independence has gone. Yeah, yeah. But basically, he's on the floor, if you're five minutes late, as if he's dying of starvation, oh, help me. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure that modern cats are quite as hardy as their forebears. Yeah. Yeah, mine would not make it. No, it's so terrible. So to so be abused for that, so another idea about why they put horse heads under the floors, interestingly, is because it might have been better for uh, dancing. Really? The echo of the skull, believe it or not, that's another theory, that it, it, it was really good for dancing. It made the dancing sound really loud. Oh, well, all right. It's all about the acoustics. Yeah, it's all about acoustics. So yeah, I've chop your horse's head off and put it onto my house and we will sound amazing when we do our dancing our folk dancing hmm. so you have loads of stuff around houses loads of protective magic around houses and around especially you know uh, rural houses and around animals and certain ways of especially keeping away not just witches but also things like uh, fairies i mean there's a woman in ireland into the 19th century called biddy early who's an astonishing person And she had what was called, they called it her blue bottle. Hmm. And Biddy Early, supposedly, um, would go around and and cure everyone from this blue bottle. And she could look into it and see the the future. And apparently it was given to her by her son who died young. And he came back and said, "Um, I'm I'm giving you this blue bottle, mother, for you to make a living after I've died. So she was really, really famous. And people used to go and get her predictions. And she was really really accurate and stuff like you know if you were being bothered by fairies she could intercede with you and stuff like that so it's like bitty early is like the cosmic housewife to the nth degree <laughs> she's like the press of cosmic housewives she could sort out anything any kind of fairy mm-hmm. she, that you had she would be like she could cure anything she had a um she had a well and she could cure anything with the water so she cure animals really important because you know If your your pig died, you could be out of your rent. Um, And she'd only ever accept, like, (laughs) butchine or whiskey (laughs) or maybe some food (laughs) for her services. (laughs) I mean, she sounds amazing. Yeah, what a life. The local priest hated her. and She hated him back. Um, (laughs) So she was, this this is this kind of, but it's an extreme idea of this kind of women's magic. Biddy Early was this. This amazing practitioner of this, uh, like a like a, like an old wise woman in, mm. in tradition. There's like the, the the word for which is a kylock. It's not the negative connotations of which that it normally has. It's like a like a hag who's incredibly wise and, mm. and up to and like the this, this, this the very soul of the community. And that's basically what Biddy Early was. So she would yeah, she would kind of go and and i get paid in whiskey which is like amazing i love it i know of course you would uh, <laughs> it's food but she didn't make any she didn't make any kind of money out of it and it was her famous blue bottle so it's like a living witch bottle but like way more yeah. power had control over it yeah really interesting woman it's she's a fantastic uh read and talks about a time a time in ireland when when you can get a really good glimpse of quite an extreme thing but just just how important the knowledge of folk magic was and these kind of magical objects were to women because i think they were very important to them hmm. i mean you can talk about i mean there's there's some there's some kind of um, stuff that people still use so there's things like um, i don't know whether you've come across it the birth call as a magical object
0: What's that? No, I don't know what that is. So
1: yeah, so the reason I know a lot about this is because my son was uh, born mm-hmm. with the call. Um, it's C A U L. So basically, the call comes from the name from the Latin word for helmeted head, and it basically refers to the fact that sometimes when it when a newborn emerges, its its face is sometimes covered by some of the amniotic membrane. Mm. So it's said to be born in the coal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's 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 harmless. But but um, my son was born that way, and um, people even in the hospital when he was born were remarking on it and saying, "Oh, he's born. He's been born in the coal." Because up until quite recently, what people used to do was they would dry out the coal and then sell strips of it to fishermen, because it was believed that you couldn't uh, drown mm. if you a piece of the uh, coal. Wow yeah <laughs> they were also thought to confer eloquence good health and financial success you're thought to be lucky if you're born in the call i should get my son to do uh lottery yeah um, for sure yeah you be like fill out the numbers so <laughs> uh, midwives were known to steal them it's quite a recent thing they're still ongoing that people still think i mean that was i had my son 13 years ago and people were saying oh my god he's been born in the call that's a really good thing and these were midwives. <laughs> They're not, like, superstitious people. They were like, did you know he's born in the Gulf? That kind of stuff is still interesting. It still happens. And mm-hmm. um, you know, um, things like fumsops. Uh, have you heard of them? I have not, no. Fumsops. <laughs> yeah. So they, they arose as a fad in, in the late 19th century in Britain and in the US, actually, uh, and also in Australia. And FOMSOPS, which is F-U-M-S-U-P-S, were little charms and they feature a, a little doll, like who looks like a baby, giving a thumbs up gesture uh, with both hands. Uh-huh. And they bodies made of metal and a wooden head. So the, what you did was, if you needed to touch wood, you you touched your thumbs up mm. instead of hitting your head. Okay, you could, yeah. I'll touch my thumbs up. So they were really popular in World War One because they were often given to soldiers. Charm, uh, and some of them featured a four leaf clover painted on the uh, doll's head as well to try and give extra luck to the soldiers going away. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind I mean, there's loads more. I mean, one thing I didn't really talk about a little bit was the um, hangman's ropes, which were right. really popular ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during the days of public execution, um, in well, anywhere they had it really. So um, people hunted uh, down artifacts afterwards to use in magic. And one of them was the hangman's noose. Mm. Um, they liked it to use because it was believed to hold special powers. Why? Because it was an extreme object. Yeah. it was used in suffering and death. So it was supposed, it was held to have extreme powers. um So trying to think. So, yeah, what you do is if you were sick, you could wrap the rope around your head as a cure for a headache or a fever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That seems like. Yeah, what? Well, right. <laughs> it's pretty dark. <laughs> no, I think I'll go with the
1: think all charm thing and get a, a massage but it was very popular with their gamblers because they thought it would bring them luck I've no idea why they thought it would bring them luck because it didn't bring the people associated with it no
0: I wouldn't think it'd be very
1: lucky <laughs> hmm, I'm not thinking luck is associated there so often people as well would cut them up and sell them as good luck charms hmm. we'll be like hey, I mean I imagine it was like pieces of the true cross it's like is this really a hangman's noose yeah it's just a bit of rope somewhere. like yeah. that really i'd rather have that honestly yeah i don't want to hang it around my head for a headache and then another thing of course is the hand of their glory which is a murderer's hand
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so that's basically people it was the right hand of a murderer the hand they used to carry out the crime with Mm. basically pickle it um and then they would um so they preserve it and then it was you'd put candles between the fingers which were called dead man's fingers dead man's candles Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to, the candles were supposed to be made from the murderer's fat. This is so gross. Oh. <laughs> and the, the wick was supposed to be made from his hair. Oh, man. Was, yeah, I mean, really gross. And, and in another different type of it, the, you, um, the Hand of uh, Glory was bled and then dried out and dipped in wax itself. So you could use the actual fingers as candles, which is also marvellous. So what it was believed the Hand of Glory had the power to do is to freeze people. <laughs> and to render them speechless <gasps> you just completely stop and then um, okay. press, huh. press pause burglars lit the hands of Aunt glory before they burgled a place mm-hmm. and then they candles and if the thumb candle stayed lit uh, sorry if it refused to burn they would say someone's awake and they couldn't go into the house okay. or they would knock out whoever was awake or whatever it was mm-hmm. so, if you're afraid if you're like I'm, I'm quite afraid I'll get burgled it, I think my neighbour has a hand of glory He you have your suspicions You would have to make counter charms mm. Which you would put in your house to stop this Naturally you made ointments from the blood of scree gels The fat of hens And the bile of black cats <laughs> And smeared it on their threshold. You're glad you're having this one today, Jen. So good. <laughs> I'm not particularly hungry anymore. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, because it's quite, yeah. Um, so there's, no, there's examples of people using them. There's a bloke called John Fian, um, who was really severely tortured in which trials in Scotland in the 16th century, and he said he used a hand of glory. Mm. Um, so people did use them and he said he did it and he performed a service to the devil so there's loads there is examples of it that people actually did bother doing it i mean how gross Mm -hmm. you time where your access to advantage was severely limited so in order to gain anything you may have felt that you needed to take these extreme steps Mm -hmm. and to do this sort of disgusting thing i mean it didn't end well. If you're in an Inquisition trial, or if you're in a witchcraft trial, it hasn't ended well for you with the Hand of Glory thing. No, couldn't have ended more badly. It's not bringing you any luck. I'm just putting it that way. Okay. You know, it's like it's not working. Yeah. I would venture to say your magical career is not a successful one if you're standing in front of a judge. Yeah. Really tortured. But people did people did it because when people see no way out that's the kind of thing people mm-hmm. do nowadays we have things like the lottery <laughs> whereas uh you know we have ways and means for some but you know not mm-hmm. everyone does still of course but hopefully people aren't resorting to the kind of magical stuff that they were yeah you know, years ago so yeah, yeah there's of stuff i mean that's only a fraction of the magical
0: objects i'm sure and i mean i'm glad on the whole that that Talisman's and good luck charms have gotten a lot less gross. Um, I think people certainly still do trust in like little charms and and superstitions too, like all the different rituals that people do just to kind of feel like they're getting in the zone or, or that it brings them good luck. Yeah, you know, I think that's all tied in. I think it's about control, isn't it? I think we live in an
1: unpredictable universe, mm-hmm. and if we if we can control it in any way then we will try to i mean you know people use little catholic medals
0: mm-hmm. still see
1: you know people have in in their cabs they have like who is it is it you know uh, saint francis and stuff you yeah see. there's
0: a saint that's like for traveling i think Nicholas. yeah
1: is it yeah they have they have that i've seen that in people's cars mm-hmm. for safety mm-hmm. they have those stuff or images of mary um and they have you know uh Various Catholic saints well what do they do. Well, they're supposed to be in charge of X, Y, Z. Why? Don't, I mean, that—that's they've got magical duties. Then, yeah, it's yeah. Magic. If you want a saint in charge of the internet, that's your magical duty? You're doing magic, it's all and magic. you're, you're appealing to them. You're you're asking them to magically intervene. Mm-hmm. So that is, as you said earlier, that's magic. But yeah, I mean, it is changed. I mean, around the world, people still do. You know, it's not like it's it's died out in any way people people still do it people still use talismans and amulets and and they'll they'll use charms especially in areas that don't have access to say good medicine and things like that mm-hmm. so i mean it's not something that ever really goes away i think we can see now it's not particularly you know efficacious You're better off with your penicillin if you can get it but i mean in terms of that that you know perhaps if the belief is strong enough it can tide people over yeah That's Interesting way to look at it maybe if if you know if there is any kind of power in what belief does for you or how it can propel you forward then it, there may be a value to it in that but i mean i think magic objects i think magical thinking has not gone away mm-hmm. i think even in the developed west i think people do still think magically they think they can do things that can intercede with it mm-hmm. with a god or god's or they can somehow change and alter things through the power of their mind or their ritual. And that's magic. And and I think people do that all the time and they don't even see it as magical thinking. I don't know whether
0: mm-hmm.
1: I hang around with the wrong, the wrong people. Maybe I just hang around with too many pagans. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I guess me
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> or neo-pagans yeah i don't know but i mean yeah if that's part of your belief system that works very well but i think it bleeds into other ones as well For sure. you know i think catholicism certainly irish catholicism all of that shit i mean i remember as a kid going to school on the bus and as as uh the bus passed churches people blessed themselves why are they doing that mm-hmm. that's the ritual about why are you blessing yourself no one would be able to tell you why
0: yeah, we have, um, when you drive past a, a cemetery, a lot of people will hold their breath. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, it's very common <laughs> here. And greeting magpies. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, Um. so people say, hello
1: magpie, <laughs> when they see a magpie. Oh, hello magpie. Hello magpie, that's good. Yeah, why are you greeting a magpie? Because it's seen as an as an omen of... Of doom one on its own and yeah, in other cultures magpies are lucky but here we go hello magpie so we're going hello magpie please don't be an omen of doom for me yeah
0: yeah that that carries on into um uh i think a lot of people who have experience with what they would call haunted houses too especially i know a lot of people in the museum field that i work in who will when they enter, you know, a historic house that they work in or a museum or something, they'll greet, you know, whoever's house it used to be. They'll be like, "Oh, hello, Mr. Clark," you know. Really? Because you know, How mad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's really interesting. I that's quite mad. I mean, I've worked in museums. I'm a trustee of a museum. Hmm. Um, um. But I've never, I've never. Maybe I should. I don't know. I've, I've never done. I mean, apparently, I've lived in a haunted house oh, when I really? was a kid. Yeah, um, we lived in a house in, in Dublin and we left it um, because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently the ghost in it wouldn't stop running up and down the stairs, so it was a total ball ache. It was like... Oh, oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: my parents were like, no. literally, um, <laughs> and they priest in because they were like, we can't sleep because this person is, whatever it is, is just running down the stairs and uh the house and uh yeah and basically moved because it was like we have really the most unreasonable ghost mm, yeah that's i mean that's rude the reason <laughs> people were like what are you doing you stop running do it once <laughs> um, yeah and then yeah because it was just how rude exactly uh, what are you? yeah i mean because dublin's follow that i mean mm-hmm. i grew up on just so many ghost stories yeah i'm sure grandmother oh my god every i mean i don't Walk. I've never walked down the middle of a staircase. What is oh. that supposed to do? Wow. Well, because uh, my granny, when we were, ta- I mean, we were all petrified. We wouldn't sleep with the lights off for years. <laughs> I was like thirty when I turned the lights off. Uh, my grandmother told us a story. She grew mm. up in a house in Dublin, and she was always told by her mother, mm-hmm. "Always leave passage on the stairs for the ghosts." What? And uh, it was supposed to be the middle. What? Who does that? Oh. So uh, one day she forgot, or her sister did, and was running downstairs and ran down in the middle and you know was apparently pushed. Oh. Maybe she fell. I don't know. Uh, but my granny put such fear into us about never walking in the middle of the stairs, the I... side, leave room for the undead. What? Uh, that I am. will now, as a grown woman with two kids, will always walk cling to the side of the stairs <laughs> limpet crab sliding down the stairs get me in the middle i will immediately go
0: oh my god oh my god and i'm at the side well i mean with the house with that you had with the ghost running up and down the stairs i mean clearly couldn't really
1: do anything with him yeah. Constant up and down yeah apparently used to like slam doors i was really way so I don't remember it but apparently he used to like slam doors and then he hated some people and liked others apparently <laughs> so um my cousin came around and he didn't like her <laughs> and she was she was a teenager and she was she was babysitting me one night with her mates and mm-hmm. he like kept them up all night by like flinging the door open and turning off lights and stuff. oh my gosh I was asleep I was <sighs> that. and she woke up and I mean the next day she was like she was like I had no sleep me and my mates all sitting up in bed with the eyes like saucers because of the world's most Grumpiest, uh, most offensive ghost. but apparently, I mean, we moved out, yeah. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> and, yeah, lots of stuff. And my granny was always talking, oh, so yeah, this granny, the same granny who said about, um, don't walk in the middle of the stairs, mm-hmm. had this, she had this house, and you know, you, you'd go and chat to her, and she'd be like, oh, he's back, and you'd be like, what? <laughs> and the legs, what legs? So apparently, <laughs> apparently. She had this ghost who used to again stairs, mm. uh, go up and down the stairs. But you'd only see his legs. Oh my gosh! The bottom of like um, slacks and like shoes, you know, mm. like he was man, and he'd never show the top. Um, and she was like, you know, I-, I don't mind it, but it can be a bit disconcerting when people visit.
0: <laughs> what do you mean disconcerting? Half a it's... person on your stairs? Yeah, that's just you know. Just, just... have a word. Keep it to when we don't have guests over, please. (laughs) I look
1: like a person. Well, apparently the the reasoning she went with him was, you know, don't mind, we just look like a person and we won't pay you any heed. Oh, there's loads of stuff. I've got bonkers. I mean, generations of (laughs) crazy stories from mad old haunted houses um, in Ireland and England, actually. Crazy stuff with Mm. just these mad aunties. Living in houses where they're like chatting to ghosts mm-hmm. and um, one of my auntie, her husband, uh, died and he was like <laughs> She was like, You won't leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> And we were like, What? Like, and she went, you won't leave me alone. He's he's constantly in the room. I can't even see the telly. Oh my god. What do you mean? He's standing in front of the telly and she was like, Yes and then we were like, Are they supposed to be see through? And she's like, I can't see the telly because of him and it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> ah. aren't you supposed to be afraid of ghosts now no no apparently not yeah no, ghosts can't hurt only the living can hmm.
0: that's a good point I know about that. that's like a really good point well, you push you down the stairs apparently hmm. yeah so uh
1: yeah there's plenty of that old stuff mm. I'm not sure whether it was due to you know tricks of the light perhaps or Who children downstairs but we We'll go for the more romantic versions, I think. Yeah. Being pushed downstairs by malevolent ghosts. It's more
0: fun. Mm, That's why we're all here.
1: (laughs) Well, live in old houses, you see. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen in them. Who'll be standing in your kitchen in the morning when you walk in? Yeah, I swear, ask anyone here. I lived in a village here a while ago, and there's like a resident ghost who stood on the corner. (laughs) I never saw it. like oh apparently someone saw him last night it's just like
0: standard yeah shit. i think people get really kind of desensitized to it after a while you just kind of like oh yeah yeah that's... oh he's there um, again mm-hmm. all right <laughs> how's hell we up there yet? yeah
1: send him back to hell i should i should knock out my grimoire yeah. and start a thousand incantations that wouldn't get into too well i think people don't mind it a quiet ghost who just hangs about right yeah as long as he's not causing too much trouble you know stop interfering just just walk up and down the stairs but in a measured way not constantly on <laughs> night with your stupid loud feet yes. also how can you have loud feet because you're dead <laughs> i don't understand how this works who knows <laughs> yes yeah, so uh yeah plenty of that actually mm. so i like all the weird
0: shit that i like really
1: yeah stuff in one ear half your life
0: yeah i mean well it's 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 fascinating to me, it's fascinating to people who listen to this show and I think we're all just kind of like realizing like oh it's okay to be like into c- creepy shit and <laughs> just make that your life, you know.
1: Time to go to Ireland or England if they want creepy shit.
0: Yeah.
1: Christ, you can't you can't move for haunted houses and people telling ghost stories. In Ireland it's a national bloody pastime. Yeah. Everyone has a ghost story. <laughs> And even if everyone's like, oh, it's such bullshit, everyone has a ghost story, everyone has a, oh yeah, this happened to X. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I don't know, it's part of it, I think it's part of a national kind of view of ourselves as, you know, living in these old places and with loads of ghosts and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, I mean, I don't know how much of it, or indeed if any of it is true, Uh, but it certainly makes for certainly good stories, which is what we're
0: it. Yeah, really? the grid stories. It's just it's fun to just sit around and listen to the stories and cozy up. Love it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Really creepy stuff. As you can imagine, my kids are immune to it. I've read <laughs> two two highly rational people. Literally, they are the complete opposite. They're like, you're talking rubbish. <laughs> I mean, apparently because I mean I'm obsessed with folklore, so I'm I really like anything about you know. I'm really into stuff like around the home, like, um, you know, ideas about gnomes.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) That sounds really odd. So I have this joke that if, you know, socks go missing, I'm like, we've got the gnomes in. The gnomes. They're here again. And the kids are like, stop with your nonsense. It's like (laughs) (laughs) rubber. Or if I'm like, I want to go to Iceland because I want to see the hidden folk. And they're like, they don't exist. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) What? They do? Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> people have written about them i just have to knock on a rock and exactly. they'll let me honestly yeah Stop. yeah it's role reversal but uh yeah it is really interesting uh all, all that kind of folklore stuff fascinates me it's really interesting living in england at the moment as well because they're big on that stuff loads of really folklore about that yeah yeah fascinating and of course it's all been imported into america anyway oh yeah they've mm-hmm. got their versions over Mm-hmm. And little kind of american versions of it as well, haven't they? So yeah,
0: there's loads of stuff on yeah, like that. Yeah. I definitely felt that more when I was living towards the east coast, because uh, there's just everything's a little older there and so there's yeah. just a lot more of that uh folklore and stuff just kind of embedded in.
1: Yeah, and there must be there must be a lot of spanish language folklore as well there, as I imagine as well.
0: Yeah, I imagine in in the down where the down in florida and in the west and stuff where it kind of depends on... And you
1: get the Native American stuff, don't you, as well? The shapeshifters and yes, all that.
0: Yes, yeah, there's a whole... I think there's a lot of that, kind of, um, where we are in the Midwest, there's a lot of Native American tradition. And, and out West, too, there's the shapeshifters and all that. So, I, yeah, I think there's... Everyone's... Really, really interesting. Everyone's got their own folklore, and I think, I think it's really, like, just a neat way to kind of describe life and kind of go through life believing in you know how things interact with each other, and how you interact with history, and kind of pass on these stories and these superstitions and stuff.
1: Mm. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of making sense of the of of the world, isn't it? It's an interesting way of of trying to understand the power of nature, maybe mm-hmm. debt we have to nature. You know, you talk about these spirit animals, well, that's the wrong description of it now, isn't it? But kind of totem animals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Um, you know you find you find references to that in the european past as well which is also interesting what i find really interesting about folklore and magical belief
0: is how similar it is yeah i've always thought that was really interesting
1: yeah it's really really similar there are all these really similar beliefs that basically basically we live in chaos and we have to protect ourselves from it and we also have to use magic to get what we can from it Mm -hmm. you know and i mean i know you know it's Kind of a joke, but the world is in chaos, or it feels like it's in chaos again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wonder if more magical practice is being used. you know, I wonder if more people are
0: yeah, I think it's i I think it's time for more people to start turning into magic. I think more people are already, and I think there's just people just want a way to kind of bring order to the chaos. Mm
1: yeah i mean yeah I, and it's interesting now of course because nowadays you have modern practitioners of magic
2: mm-hmm.
1: you have wiccan and, and the various other schools and you know the, and it's basically what like, when was it done the 1950s in england so you have this burst of maybe the 30s but you have this burst of interest in in that kind of nature-based magic and it's just evolving and growing and changing and people go on their own path you've a kind of feminist magic and mm-hmm. all kinds of interesting stuff that's happening and i think probably this year will probably affect that as well I, and, and the, the political turmoil and the fact that people feel so disengaged from the world because it's in the natural world as well i think that that has to change and they may find their way back to it through through natural magic mm-hmm. through those folk recipes and natural herbs and Healing again. You know, it's just, I think we live in a very, very interesting time. I don't want to go back to kind of burning people in Wickermen. Maybe no. some. Yeah. Um, but, um you know, maybe we could put the Donald in one. Got it. Yeah. burned days. Mm hmm. It burned for weeks. That hair would take a long time. Oh my time. gosh, it would light and the it's sky. it's nylon. Yeah. That is nylon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it might be in my, I think we could be living, it could be too late. So. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to try don't we, we do, and yeah. if any hints or tips on how to take out their enemies using <laughs> using spells <laughs> and summoning demons i can i can direct them to the sources <laughs> although i don't recommend at all molesting anyone for it i mean by yeah. all means demons if you want put on your own head be it yeah because Very, very feral. They're they're not to be depended upon. I'm just going to put it that way. It always, always ends badly.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. That's
0: that's what we... The magician ends up worse. (laughs) Yeah. We we like to put out, just be careful with what you're (laughs) summoning. We just need to be say,
1: to say, really, in case you've lived under a rock and have never seen things like Buffy or Sabrina, we'll get involved with demons. Okay, kids? Mm -hmm. It's going to really badly. Uh, because they have they have ways and means of messing you up and they don't do as they're told. And then they turn up I remember reading oh, I can't remember what it was, it was a while ago. It was an account of dealing with demons and <laughs> basically. He didn't he didn't he didn't send them back properly and then they just kept turning up. Mm. So be like, you know you know, like in his house and then they just appear and you're like, Right, I don't sorry, I'm I'm having my dinner. Yeah. And like no, Lord not. of Torture. Yeah, mm. we need to do this. And he's like can I get back to you when I'm actually finished my pie? Or I'm actually walking to the post office now? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They were you know, so they just turn up at inopportune moments. You don't want his demons turning up while your mother-in-law's visiting. Right. Yeah. Giant spider with the head of a man <laughs> in yeah. the corner. In the corner of your sitting room while your <laughs> mate's friend play Xbox. <laughs> and they're like, What's that? Sorry, I was doing a bit of uh, concoursing with demons, a little bit of conversations yeah. and I to hell properly so they're they're basically haunting me it's fine don't worry <laughs> yeah don't so, do don't do that at home kids no don't don't summon demons at home if you want to read about it there's loads of really good stuff on the internet mm-hmm. uh, in your local library i'm sure which you can find mm-hmm.
0: uh i think that's a good a good place is that <laughs> i don't recommend yeah that's yeah. not
1: and also, don't murder anyone. Don't
0: murder. Don't don't try to make people in love with you who shouldn't, who aren't in love with you. Uh, just, Never gonna work. Just kind of lightly hex uh, the current, you know, powers that be, and that will probably work. Yeah. Hex is dangerous
1: though, but That's always true. probably. Um, you know, you could, you could, you could maybe you do a light curse on someone's hair. Yes. hmm It's quite safe make it more unruly or perhaps perhaps do a light curse about the ability to not not be able to put makeup on properly maybe make it a bit i think street. someone already has cursed him for that oh that's yeah there's 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 he forgets about his eye sockets doesn't he yeah doesn't know how to blend Forgets he has eye sockets he needs he needs one of the kardashians to go around and teach him about blending and contouring yeah needs yeah. yeah so i mean well we'll see you know we we're going to we're all the witches and all the magical
0: practitioners should should bend their will mm-hmm. in the world so it's a much pleasant place. There's so many options out there. just kind of find what's right for you and uh you know be careful. don't harm anyone if you want to use demons, as
1: I mentioned earlier, I'm still very upset that what looks like the Antichrist is a busted sack of pay
2: mm-hmm.
1: in America,
0: you know, I think we probably should have been a it handsomer, mm-hmm yeah i was promised a handsome lucifer
1: well the lucifer on the telly is tremendous but he's you know he's not great at locking up kids in cages and stuff like that so maybe the donald's way that but i'm thinking yeah if you want to use any spells with that i mean it's fine just Mm -hmm. you know i don't i think demons would run a mile from him to be honest probably they'd be like no no thanks yeah, no, we're fine, thanks. We don't want to touch it. I, I think there's there's loads of stuff on the internet. People are interested in their magical objects. There's loads mm-hmm. of stuff about it. And, and you know, talk about today. I think it's interesting food for thought that it, we, we still are magically minded. Mm-hmm. I think, but whether they believe it or not, they invest in certain objects, like your phone. Yeah. Even all the hopes and dreams poured into phones. Mm-hmm. Does that a lot of energy in there a lot of energy a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. in fact people love their phones does that make them a magical object who knows a little bit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. maybe maybe you can change the world through your phone just possibilities there philosophical thinking about magical objects i'm gonna go get some tea yeah Calm myself down. That's a that's a certain certainly a magical elixir. A magical elixir. Am I going to push myself some worms? <laughs> yeah, just Put it in the tea. Put it in my husband's tea.
0: Some worms. Some menstrual blood. Just here you go. <laughs> I'll dip
1: a little bit of menstrual blood in. You'll be yeah. like, this tastes a bit funny. I'll be like, mm, I did not I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Iron, good for you. Do you <laughs> love me though? if you love me you don't have to drink this tea what <laughs> why is my tea this color and it's clearly working dip your linen in your menstrual blood and then shove it in a glass of beer god that's that's the way to go isn't it you don't want tinder You don't want any of that crap you want to be safe uh, in your menstrual blood mm-hmm. and put it in his sandwiches Gross. <laughs> oh delicious what's for lunch today love mm. that's what's for today my love yeah in a sandwich <laughs> enjoy <laughs> jesus christ you're not gonna be able to broadcast this
0: <laughs> oh, i might have to put a light content warning on it but you know Do i have to go we don't like mentions of menstruation or
1: vulvas or being annoyed at men being obsessed with their
0: dicks throughout eternity, oh we've already just filtered all those people out <laughs> obviously of a type yeah yeah we've found our people and they know what to expect from us and the tribe yes well i hope they enjoy i i know they will um oh god yeah we'll see yeah all right all right well that was my conversation with dr jillian kenny thank you again for taking the time to come talk to us again I thought it was really fun and interesting conversation. I hope you liked it too. So this is just me signing out. Uh, As we said before, Kate will be in and out uh, this season. So I hope you don't hate that it's just me. Uh, If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find that information in the description. Uh, Find our discussion group on Facebook. That's where we like to hang out the most. Uh, We have a couple new patrons to thank. Uh, Well, first of all, we have thank you to Samar, who edited their pledge to $5. Thank you so much. Uh, And then we have Andrew Denler. Thank you, Andrew. And we have Riley DeMille. So thank you all so much for donating to our, or giving your money. I guess it's not really a donation. We're giving you a little something in return. Uh, But thank you for giving us some money. That really means so much to me and Kate. And now Danny, who's getting paid to edit this. So, thank you all so much. Uh, if you want to find us on Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash haunted. Uh, we're bringing you monthly videos there, so uh, see what's going on if you want to check out some extra content. And uh, we'll be back in a fortnight with another great episode. And until then, peace increases and stay spooky, motherfuckers!